Good morning, episode two of the Leadership Diaries. Uh, feeling a bit anxious about this one uh, this week. Um, I'm not sure why. I had a really good reaction to the first episode, which I guess puts a bit of bit of pressure uh, on myself, or I'm putting a bit of pressure on myself to do better or be more interesting or continue to, you know, give us something to talk about. So this week I've been a little bit prepared. I've got some ideas down. Um, and I guess uh, that's part of the whole concept really is um, to sort of map the journey, share the journey and um, and sort of hopefully build a connection through sharing ideas and sharing experiences that we can all take something from. And it's only a little list, so that's okay. And, you know, it's nice to be a little bit organized. And the big thing I think I want to look at this week is uh, a real tricky thing I, I was struggling with last week. And I luckily went out for dinner with a good friend, Paul. And I asked him a convoluted and long question about this sense of failing uh, that I've been having. And and it's very much up in here, as most things are. And, uh, and I wasn't sure whether it was a sense of failing or fatigue. And I'll explain why. And there was this nagging sense that no matter what I was doing, and I'm doing a lot at the moment in different aspects of my life, and, and the 99 to, you know, 95% great, but I just felt there wasn't enough progress. And I don't know if this is kind of just a bit of self-reflection and I'm being tough on myself or, or what it was, but I just know it wasn't making me feel good. So we sort of had dinner and, and I try to articulate what my question was and I, I'm still not sure what it was, but it was a case of, am I suffering the circumstances of this year? And, and when I say suffering, I mean really the, the, the outputs that are, or the feelings a lot of us possibly will be going through as leaders. Um, and ultimately in the end, it was a case of, am I failing? Am I doing a poor job? And it's probably a question that a lot of us leaders ask ourselves all the time. I know I do. You know, a few hours each day, I kind of challenge every decision I'm making. And, and am I doing a good job? Am I doing the right thing? Am I a good leader? All these, you know, self-talk. And in the end, we worked it through as we always do. And, and, and I'm lucky I have someone to have these kind of conversations with. And ultimately, we realized it was just really deep mental fatigue. Uh, we came into this COVID, or I, we came into this COVID situation at the start of the year with a really tricky, tricky situation in the business. And, um, you know, it really wasn't very pleasant and it took its toll on the whole business and um, the company, both financially, um, morally, spiritually. Uh, for the family, it really impacted on family and it impacted the team. And um, just as we were sorting that out and coming through the other side of that, you know, obviously the lockdown started and stuff. And it really, really tested my, um, my resilience, uh, tested my, my courage, it tested my values. And, and then when the lockdown started, we were already in real tricky state. Um, I was already a bit fatigued and a bit fed up, if I'm honest. Um, I think there were some days I probably would have wanted to 
pull the pin on it all and just you know become a postie or stack shelves or something just a little something that wasn't what I was doing if I'm honest and um, and then obviously this year has been this year but what we realized is that you know we we have this bucket and if we keep pouring out of the bucket and we keep pouring more energy in and, and we're not replacing it at the same sort of volume and, and and certainly with some quality it does leave you tired and and i mean dog tired and um and i was really aware it was having a lot of impact on my family i tend to go really quiet when i'm i'm up in my head and and uh and struggling to work things through so i reached out and, and we thrashed out where we're at and ultimately in the end he said look paul said you, you know you've, you've been juggling a lot and that takes its toll and it got me thinking about it you know that concept are we failing or are we just fatigued and, and I would say that's possibly something we look at have to look at at the moment um, you know it has been a long year um, and this is not about being a victim at all it's just I just want to share the thinking because I know at the moment there's a there'll be a huge amount going on where no one has necessarily someone to share with so I, if we can build a bridge and sort of identify and be self-aware of how we're feeling maybe that does um, normalize or, or, or give you some airtime to you know start to accept where you're at it was really interesting but just talking it out and realizing it's like well I am I'm tired and, and that sort of the residual effect of that into the weekend I'm probably being a bit of a shit of a husband just by getting quiet and grumpy and probably a crappy dad but you know that mapped with um, the current book I'm reading, Mark Manson's second book, you know, "The World Is Fucked." Um, it got me thinking, ironically, about the feelings around it. And in the book, it talks about our feeling versus thinking brains. And, and I am a big soft teddy bear inside, and, and I, I think part of our challenges early in the year was that was taken advantage of and, and I allowed it to be taken advantage of and then yet the COVID situation has brought a very thinking brain what's practical and, and, and you know what's rational and what do we know and what do we not know and then you throw that in with some emotional feelings around I'm going to lose it all some you know this, the, we're all going to get sick you know just you've got these two parts two brains essentially um, challenging each other and, you know, what I realized is that the feeling was a normal feeling. I'm feeling tired. And that's a reality. That, that, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's not coming from a place of trying to be a victim. I'm more tired than you or you're more tired than me. And, and these battlegrounds that we tend to get into. Um, it's just addressing those feelings and sort of challenging, are we in touch with them and accepting them and doing something about them. And something I've had more than one conversation about with with people and really with myself is, you know, how we feel about what we're doing, how we feel about our actions. And recently, I, you know, I'm happy to admit I probably used um, alcohol as a bit of a crutch um, to relax, to de-stress, whatever language you want to use. Um, I'm, I know I'm not the only one. And, you know, it started to make me feel bad about sort of that weakness of having to use that to um, uh, get through, for want of a better phrase. 
and, and and you know I think we've got some challenges with alcohol in our in, in my family um, and and the, what I realize is my rational brain knows that you know drinking too much alcohol is not good for you but then I associate that with bad feelings about what kind of person I was and you know it it, it was never a, a, it was never something that I was out of control and I didn't wasn't aware of it was actually the awareness of it was more of the cha the challenge because my feelings around it were very negative and it's very much a few glasses of wine in the evening and my perception of it allowing me to uh, de-stress and I talked to another uh, important person in my community and, and they they confided in me and, and they felt that they were drinking that little bit too much and he said it, it felt it was the only way to try and wind down or or, or, or stop the monkey brain and um, I had a big breakthrough on this in that if you think about it drinking a wonderful glass of red wine with close friends or family or in a wonderful situation that feels good it feels good I remember many many times in France or in the UK or various occasions drinking great wine um, with wonderful people but the feeling of drinking wine on your own to try and relax and feeling bad about it clearly doesn't feel good and also your your thinking brain says well it's not good and what I ultimately realized was that I don't have to feel bad about enjoying wine or alcohol. It's a, it's about the the feeling of it in relation to the thinking of it. And and ultimately, we all know that drinking too much is, is bad for us. It's, just, it's it's our knowing brain, but it's the way we feel about it is probably the real tricky thing. And and that's something I'm really realizing from um, Mark Manson's book, which is an incredible read, and I, I totally recommend it. To understand how we are feeling beings, um, you know, we, we make a lot of our decisions and I think as leaders, particularly, we can get caught up in feelings. I, you know, I do everything I can to care, literally care for my team and, and my clients and the people we work with. Uh, it's such an important part of me and I think sometimes, you know, that feeling component maybe is at the mercy of some of the rational stuff of the business, but ultimately we are, 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 are feeling beings and that's possibly what makes our us so strong as a species but equally it probably brings a huge amount of weakness at times so i started to understand and say well look drinking a, a, a glass of red wine feet should feel good but it shouldn't make you feel bad and my my takeaway from that is it's not the wine that's the problem it's the way we feel about it it's what the way we feel about our behavior and that's kind of interesting because that leads me on to something else I learned and, and I have the privilege of working alongside Dan Lacey, a friend of mine and a client. And he shared something with me which I thought was incredibly powerful and important and it really resonated me, with me. And it's about aligning with your identity. And I think identity is a real challenging thing at the moment. And if we look at the elections in the US, it's very much about identity. It's, it's about the person, not the policy. And if we think about it, our feelings towards the person rather than the policy are very, can be a very emotive. And, and we won't get into the whys or wherefores, but um, Dan was talking about goal setting and, and the way he wants to set his goals. 
prepared. And this is for a little bit of time out, which you know we've been planning for because he's been working so hard this year, doing extraordinary things. And he, he was, you know, he was he was challenged. He was he was a little bit of you know suffering a little bit of burnout, like I think a lot of us are. And we we managed a situation so we could go away with his family and, and regroup and, and get some some good rest. And one of his learnings and something he shared with me, which I've really not stopped thinking about the last four or five days, was about setting our goals aligned with our identity. And and it's something that I've learned over the last few years. Is sometimes you just have to be. You don't have to um, have an extraordinary goal. And I am very goal-driven. But he said, you know, I'm not going to choose how many times I'm going to run a week. I am going to accept that I'm a runner and I'm going to be a runner. And I really like that because essentially our identities are so wrapped up into other things, into data, into LinkedIn, into all these other things. And, and I thought that was powerful. And then having had this conversation about drink and fatigue and all that, I was like, well, I am missing part of my identity. This year, I've found I've either put my identity into my business, survival mode, or I'm a, a runner, a triathlete, whatever label I want to use. But I found that I always try, I'm always all in on one or the other. And that defines where I'm at. And, and that I realized is actually you can, your identity has to be the truest version of yourself. It's like this process for me, I'm desperately nervous about it and I'm, I find it a real struggle. But actually, this is my identity. I, I like to be open and I like to share and I like to challenge things. I mean, geez, you spend two, three hours with me in a day. I'll, you know, most people get fed up of me because I'm just constantly asking why. Why is that like that? That's bullshit. And it's not because I'm trying to be an asshole. And, and sometimes I am, you know, we can all be an asshole sometimes. Um, I'm just curious about life. I'm curious about why things are done in a certain way. I have just this obsessive brain about how does it work? Um, and that's where I'm coming from. I, I'm challenging and and this process here is about challenging myself and challenging leadership and, 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 and protecting leaders because I really believe great leaders are the ones that can get us through these tricky situations. But we have to protect them and we have to protect ourselves. And that comes with some deep reflection. Coming back to that, the identity of it, for me as a leader, I, I, I'm open, I'm passionate, I love being an athlete and it took me, I've been an athlete my whole life and I've been at some extreme highs and I've been extremely average. And in the last year I've been extremely average while the training for an ultramarathon, which I've never done before. And in you know, eight days, uh, 10 days, it's my first ultramarathon. But I don't feel that I've achieved as much for it because I've had to go into business mode, into family mode, into self-protection mode. I've gone into runner mode and you know this weekend and i've got an injury so that feels like i'm not fully an athlete but actually means i am an athlete because you have to manage you have to deal with um, injuries but at the weekend it was great because i went with a friend i went trail running on my own and loved it it felt really good once again it felt good because that's who i am and then sunday we went for a great run on a new trail and then we went to the pub for a beer afterwards you know these are who we are, and I think as leaders sometimes, it comes back to the Brené Brown thing, we put some armor on and it has a badge on it, it says, I'm a leader. 
and we hide everything else behind, whereas actually we should all bring it forward. You know, the reason I believe most of the time I'm a good leader is because I'm willing to challenge myself. I'm not saying I'm the boss, you do this. I'm willing to step into that arena. I'm willing to do something that I don't really know how to do. I don't really know how to get through an ultramarathon. I've currently got a broken foot. I'm currently a little heavier than I want to be um, due to some of that wine. Um, and I'm not as fit as I want to be, but I know that challenging myself is, is me. It's, it's, it's normal. That's, that's my reality. And, and I like that. I'm comfortable with that. And, and I'm comfortable with the discomfort of my own identity. So thank you, Dan, for, for planting that seed with me. It, it, it takes away a lot of this thinking brain and it just feels it feels good to me to be an athlete i love being an athlete i want more to be an athlete but i don't have to give it up to be a businessman or an entrepreneur or whatever label we want to use or a father and and i think that's something we've got to get back to after this year our identity is probably a little bit dented if i if i'm honest mine has and and, and we're juggling and I'm not a huge fan of the New Year thing, but, you know, looking forward to 2021, there is no magic change at midnight. But I'm excited about, you know, just getting back to simplicity. And another conversation I had with someone, and I won't share who it is because it's, it, not because it's, it's, it, it has to be hidden, but they're on a path and they're trying to achieve something. And, and then they're making an extraordinary step in their career for both themselves and their family. And they are literally leaving their identity behind. And I really love that. And it's not running away from something. It's actually going full in on who they are and how they live their life and the choices they make and, and the way they operate with their family. And I am just, I feel quite emotional about how brave and courageous it is and, you know, they're deep into their career and I know this is the most wonderful important step for them and I'm just in such admiration of them going all in on their identity and and, and feeling the way through these new things you know and taking extreme risks but they're not extreme risks because they are so fulfilling and they are so focused on who they are and this is not a, a catch cry for, you know, throw it all away and, and, and suddenly become a different person. It's actually about being more of the person you are, more of a person who you want to be, and, and accepting along the way that there are some bumps in the road. And, and I think this probably feeds into the last couple of things I want to cover today in that um, how we value ourselves. And, and I get a few calls here and there about, you know, getting some some trusted advisor type advice and from some extraordinary people and if you're watching this you know who you, who you are I, I i hold our conversations in the utmost confidence i don't want to share things that aren't appropriate but you know i know there's some extraordinary people struggling with understanding their own value and this is something i've been told this year i've done well and i think we've got to understand what value is now, particularly in consulting in a lot of businesses, our value is perceived to be the, the, as the money we can charge for an hour of our time. Now, I really battle with this because I'm not a data person. I find data often kind of uninteresting. 
using the right data can be very powerful, but often it comes back to maybe where I feel. It's about the feeling you have of the value you offer. And I'll tell you a story. At university, one of my lecturers told me about a brand identity he did in London. And he charged £3,000. And it took him about an hour. And the person that he sent the invoice to challenged him. He said, well, that would have taken 10 minutes. He said, no, it took me 20 years of understanding the decisions that needed to be made to make that decision. And I'll never forget that. And, and I, well, I say that I have at times when I wrote, you know, started my business. Value is not the time spent. Value is the outcome for the person you're providing the service to. Now, I know this year I've had conversations And we're back, slight technical issue, my phone was full, so I had to start again. So talking about value, um, I've had lots of conversations with people in a few minutes or, or an hour or so that you know, I know had impact beyond the hourly rate. And I think this possibly comes down to our identity of not being able to um, believe and feel our value and the impact we have on others. And I think this is something that we have to explore further and we'll explore in further weeks and probably with Jonathan and David next week who are coming on episode three. And with that, it's about simplicity. I think simplicity is kind of the key for leadership moving forward uh, and for ourselves. Um, we make things too complicated. Uh, we, we overthink things. That's our thinking brain again. Now, it's all good being rational, but sometimes we've just got to feel our way through things. We are, are ultimately, as leaders, humans ourselves, and we are leading and managing and supporting humans. And you can read all the books in the world and have all the theory in the world, but when someone presents something to you and you don't have all the details, you do have to rationalize it, but you have to feel your way through and I guess that's the big, the big theme of, of this episode. Um, and I'm feeling my way through this process. I've got a kind of a vision in my mind for where I want it to be. I want it to talk to people, but I want it to be part of a process for me. So the big takeaway for me in the last few days since uh, I last shared some ideas on episode one was sometimes we've got to just feel. Uh, we've got to feel good. We've We've got to feel bad. If we feel bad for doing something, maybe we didn't do the right thing. Maybe then we rationalize or we rationalize and, and do something that feels good. You know, it, it feels good to have a great glass of wine with great friends in a great environment. But it doesn't feel good to be drinking wine, maybe to excess, to try and mask other feelings. And this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for us to have a discussion as leaders around being okay with saying, well, I don't feel great today. You know, I don't feel like we're going in the right direction. Because if, if you're feeling it, it means, it's, it means something to you. It gives you, as Mark Manson says, it gives you hope. It gives you a sense that there is, we're going somewhere. Now, for me, this is not coming from a place of, of, of victimhood. Um, it's not coming from a place of scarcity. You know, I, I feel lucky. I, 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 but rationally, I've worked my ass off this year to get us in a, a safer position, and I will continue to do that. But at the same time, I feel good about my business. I feel good about what I do. I, I wake up most days really wanting to do what I do all day, every day. And some of those days are tougher than others. But, you know, nine out of ten days, I really feel like I'm living the life I want to. 
and everything else is just about feeling your way through the good the bad and as we get that little bit older we tend to probably you know be a little bit more balanced and a little bit more relaxed about it. so this was episode two i'm you know i'm going to keep improving Third attempt, third video. I clearly have too much stuff on my phone. I do apologize. Hopefully it'll splice together really well. But look, if I can give you any advice this week, feel your way through it. Don't overthink it and just be you. That's all we need to be as leaders and try not to be an asshole. See you in episode number three.